Have you ever wondered why Mean Girls actually wear pink? Do you have a Zoom date coming up and want to know how to dress double O sexy like the Bond girls on screen? Or are you wanting to nail that stylish superhero off-duty look? Have no fear, cinema's Anna Wynn tour is here! Hey guys, welcome back to the show. For the newbies out there, my name is Andrea Aragba. I am the creator and host of The Real Fashion Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss iconic fashion moments in film and TV, and whether they have influenced our personal style. For this week's episode, we're talking about the smash hit Netflix original series, Bridgerton. Set in 1813 London, the juicy, sensational, scandalous drama from executive producer Shonda Rhimes follows a beautiful young aristocrat as she makes her social debut with the goal of marrying for love. All is fair in love and war. Miss Daphne Bridgerton. You have no idea what it is to have one's entire life reduced to a single moment. The time has come for the social season. Tighter! She to breathe, Mama! My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me, but I know you. This is what they have been trained for since birth. Which young ladies might succeed at securing a match? You've always amused me, Miss Bridgerton. Ever since I was a schoolboy and you were... Oh, but... Five? Miss Bridgerton! In some ways, the show Bridgerton has revived an interest in the Regency sub-brand of historical cosplay. So, to delve into all things Bridgerton, Regency, history and romance, I made a quick call to my friend, history graduate and poet, Abaka Deborah. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. Happy to be here. I kind of just want to go straight into it. And yes, this is going to be a spoiler. Lady Whistledon... The reveal, it was none other than... Do you want to help me out? Penelope. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> why were you looking so unsure? No, I don't know why. I have to second-guess myself real quick. Has anyone else read what Lady Whistledown has written of late? Do not tell me that is yet another scandal. Shoot, this one is different. This one lists subjects by name. <laughs> My name is Lady Whistledown. You do not know me and never shall. But be forewarned, dear reader, I certainly know you. So Penelope Featherington is Lady Whistledown. First of all, I'm a bit disappointed that they revealed it because I would have preferred if they kept us guessing for seasons and seasons on end. But now that we just see that she's supposedly Lady Whistledown, I actually don't believe it's true. Why? I don't, I just, it just can't be, not it can't be, but I feel like it has to be someone else. See, a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people saying, oh, it's the first season and they're just going to reveal it like that. But nah, I'm sorry. Penelope was a snake. From day dot. No, she was. I was not surprised with Penelope being Lady Whistledown because the moment Marina Thompson said to her, look, I'm pregnant. I may be stealing your man. Yeah, who is not even looking at you. He's not even giving you a side eye. Get over it. He don't want you. He never will. 
And then, mm. was it not the next day? Less than 24 hours. Penelope ran to the printing press. <laughs> <laughs> As in, it's a palm run. Listen. Listen, she ran to the printing press and she was like, so basically my cousin is pregnant and she's been lying to Colin and co, blah, blah, blah. So that's when I clocked because nobody else knew. Yeah. And the way it was written in the like, Lady Whistledown thing and how you can tell that it was written just with like anger and like frustra- yeah. frustration. It was personal. Yeah. yeah, it was personal. Because you already said that you're not happy with them like revealing it and stuff. But what is your take on people comparing it to Gossip Girl? I haven't, let's say, religiously watched Gossip Girl. But I do like that kind of take on the realistic kind of version of Gossip Girl. And just who's saying this, who's doing this. But similar to what you said, I really do wish that... Because after you watch Position again, you can really see, okay, like, it really was Penelope. So I really wish they did hide it a bit better. I don't know how, but I do like that vibe. It's concerning everyone from even the maids and, and the house helps so all the way to the Queen, Queen Charlotte. So, like, everyone's involved. Everyone's yeah. interested in who... But as you know, I would have preferred if even more people were out looking for... Lady was down. The Queen found out that Ellie Williams was looking for um, Lady was down. So it's like these two joint forces. So it's like these are the only two that cared. I feel like there should have been some mad witch hunt trying to find her. If you watch Gossip Girl and then you watch Bridgerton, it's sort of quite interesting because you can, some people, a lot of people online were trying to say that they use their Gossip Girl, you know, mystery skills to try and see who Lady yeah. Wilson was. And some yeah. of them said that it worked because they thought of the least obvious person. Yeah. Talking about the show's intentional choices to engage in colour-conscious casting, Bridgerton show creator Chris Van Dusen said, The first thing you see is the cast, this amazing, diverse cast. The show has been praised for its diverse cast. Supposedly, I guess maybe this is Shondaland's attempt at replicating multicultural Britain and more precisely multicultural London society, as well as provide a platform for non-white actors who ordinarily would not be cast in an English Regency drama. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the show's take on colour-conscious casting? Would you say it's colour-blind or colour-brave? It's interesting because I think when you've got examples like um, the Cinderella remake, from then anyone who tries to do anything similar will always be judged to that level. And this one, do you know what? It was interesting because we thought there was going to be kind of a colorblind, colorblind um, kind of casting, but I think it must have been in like episode three or four. Lady Danby talks to um, the Duke about race, like mm. oh, because we're black, we have to work twice as hard. So race, race is like if they didn't mention anything about race, you could have said, okay, cool, colorblind um, casting. But we can definitely now see that race is an issue here. Yeah. Race is something that is conscious here. So the only black characters that actually have proper seeking roles. Lady Danbury, the Duke. I'm struggling to think. Marina Thompson doesn't say anything to like the third episode. <laughs> like she was like she was literally quiet most of it. And then she comes out and now she's this manipulative kind of, oh, I'm gonna steal Colin from you. I need to do what I want. So it's like, I don't know, it's like what role does race really play in this? Now it's interesting. I think um there's that there's that new Queen Anne movie, I think, with um Jodie, oh, I forgot her name. Um, uh, the black actress that played um, Queen in Queen and Slim. Jodie Turner Smith. Yes. Regency era never included us in high society. So technically, these movies were never made for people who look like us. But if you are trying to include us in your stories, in, in these stories, then you need to get it right. 
That, that's 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 first and foremost. We need to get right. However, I wouldn't. For example, I wouldn't have been upset if this was just an white cast. I would have been. What frustrates me at times is when you try to make this kind of color conscious cast, but still the same stereotypes are at play. As if, because yeah. now in high society, normally, like if they made this cast of the um, all white cast, it would be like when low society servants, uh, same stereotypes are at play. But now you just made us high society, and you're just playing on other other stereotypes. Yeah. So for me, I know there'll be cast people who who are in casting right now thinking, oh, what, you know, damned if we do, damned if we don't. Yeah. But it's like, like that's why it's so like important to have representation. People in the room who understand. <laughs> Here's the moment we've all been waiting for. Bridgerton fashion. The costume designer for Bridgerton, for the Bridgerton series, is Ellen Mirajanik. She's known for her work on The Greatest Showman. I have not watched The Greatest Showman, but I've seen like the promos and I've seen like Zendaya's outfits and stuff and the vibrancy of that cast. It makes sense that this is her work. Each family has a specific colour palette they wear throughout the show. Throughout the show's first season, the audience was introduced to the family, colours and styles. I don't know, but it kind of reminded me of like family crests and signet rings. Mm. But in this case, it was just through clothing and it's more on your face and more audacious. Should we start off with the Bridgertons? Yeah, I was watching something online and it says the Bridgertons and the Fredericktons, one represents like the Kardashians, the others represent like, I think it was the Rockefellers, I can't remember, but the Kardashians was like the, the kind of elaborate and out there and vibrant, you know, the Bridgertons and kind of their kind of just normal, kind of cool, calm. I think there's a lot of blue, definitely a lot of, I think definitely for the guys, do you know what, yeah, I love trench coats, tail coats. So those for me, like, were just, were just it. Everything's a bit kind of restrictive, like tight. I loved, I just love the clothing. Especially for the Brisbane's, like, um, when it wasn't tight, like the flowing dresses, the kind of lace, um, the stitching as well. There's something that um, Daphne wears, um, this hooded cape kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm a real fan of that. So, yeah, definitely love their kind of style, their vibe, that, that aesthetic. The Bridgertons wear pale blues, greens and silvers. And according to the production designer for Bridgerton, Will Hughes-Jones, the most common blue worn by the Bridgertons is Wedgwood blue. What are your thoughts on the Bridgertons choosing pale blues, greens and silvers as their colours? I think it's just to kind of represent this um, calm, sophisticated, put together, on the outside anyways, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, they're this family that's, even though, you know, um, now they've lost their father, so Anthony has to be the Viscount. So um, it, kind of, it kind of shows this kind of, we're all put together, we're all kind of... Um, Regardless of, you know, if you deep it, every one of them has got their own issues. Not extreme, not, like, exuberant, you know. It's, it's like, oh, you know, here is, um, is the crown jewel of the ball? I forgot what they called them, Daphne. Yeah, the, the, what is it, diamond, the diamond water of the ball? Something, what was it? Something, was it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. So it's definitely kind of like, um, you know, we don't need to show off to show that we're kind of sophisticated. I saw that the shade of blue that the family wears was often seen in English fine china. Fine china is expensive, was expensive and all of that. And that meant families who donned that colour in their in their dressing or in their like interior design, they would strengthen their claim for status. In terms of the greens, I was a bit I because I'm I'm getting this information from online and stuff and from research. And when they said they were wearing greens, I was like, are they wearing greens like really? 
but again it's like really muted barely there greens i don't know maybe that could just be to do with how like earthly and natural the family is supposed to be but then mm. at the same time if it's like a muted pale green and it's not as intense as nature that could connote to how manufactured and fabricated their existences in court society because mm. maybe they are like you know the what is it that they say in the beginning? They're like the most beautiful or the most perfect family in, yeah. in society, right? And maybe that's, that's true, but then that doesn't come without, without its secrets. But in all honesty, in terms of like the colours and the vibes, my whole, my whole being was going to the Featheringtons. All YouTube, all of like the, the, the posts, all of Twitter was saying it's like very trashy and very kind of, it's too much. Personally, this is just personally for me. <laughs> I prefer it personally. Okay. Like, I, I, you know, I, I respect the guy. I'm going to speak particularly on the guys like the Featheringtons. Like, I love what they're wearing, mm-hmm. but I'm, it must have been one picnic. I think um, what um, what's her name? Um, um, Lady Lady Portia, the head of the um, well, the, the um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the mum, the mum. Yeah, her once she wore one purple and pink dress. Yeah, I said, nah, this is it. Like for me, like again, YouTube was trashing them. Everyone for me. This is it. I, I, I know it was loud. I know, I know it was, but for me, it was it. Normally, yeah, a lot of people say it's like bold pinks and purples and greens and yellows. It should just give you a headache. Yeah. But no, 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 no. I loved it because this is a family where if you think about it in the sense of, if we fast forward to, let's say, 1920s, where conversations around old money versus new money are coming into play, mm. right? The Bridgertons and the Featheringtons, from what I can remember, um, and I think this is also expressed in their dress sense for sure, is the Bridgertons, in a way, are presented as this old money, traditional beauties, traditional setup, in a sense, uh, Georgian suburban family, right? Then with the Featheringtons, you could say that they are new money because they literally are new money, if I'm not mistaken. With that in mind, you can it sort of makes a lot more sense as to why they're so gaudy and audacious. And yeah, actually, the costume designer even confirmed that the decision of their dressing and the colour palette was designed to represent the family's new money and further signify them as outsiders of the upper class. Boom, look at me dropping facts. But the men in those families, I don't know if you've noticed this, but in the Bridgerton family, all the boys, they do wear blue, right? But they yeah. don't wear the same colour blue that the um, women wear, that the yeah. girls wear. Some people online are saying that they aren't wearing that because of toxic masculinity, <laughs> um, because they don't want to look yeah. too feminine, right? The same yeah. thing with the Featherington patriarch, right? He does wear purples and pinks and reds and stuff at times, but it's always a darker colour mm. like if he wears a purple or a pink it sort of looks like red wine like a red wine colour do you tend to go for darker shades or what would be seen as feminine colours or does mm. that not affect you like if your family now went to a party and you all wore family colours and let's say the family colour for your family was like pink would you mm. decide to wear like an extremely dark shade of pink for your pride and masculinity or no no I think well me I'm, I'm quite different so I, for me like me I love wearing lighter 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 colours I think for me if I was to go dark it'd normally either be like black mm. or maybe navy like dark navy so me especially like now summer's coming ooh summer's coming um like like I definitely don't mind kind of lighter pinks lighter shades of pink beige oh I love beige Love a good beige. Um, yeah, beige and that kind of stuff. But I definitely see what... Now you said the kind of 
talk to my scientists stuff where it's like they all wear darker colors like i'm looking at a family picture right now like like you can definitely tell the contrast between kind of with their kind of waistcoats and their um, long coats the darkness like anthony's like anthony's the one i'm looking at like it might as well be black it might as well yeah. be black um but those are my wearing light colors and with um the head of the um Feathering house, you'll never wear these light colours. You'll always wear kind of a sharp kind of, yeah, as I said, red, green, like that kind of colour. But um, mm-hmm. even, I think you'd even say probably, um, what's his name? Simon. I don't remember him wearing kind of, maybe in his shirts, but in, let's say the waistcoats and um, the, 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 the overcoats, a lot of them are quite dark colours. Let's talk personal style. Bridgerton has led the way for Regency Core to re-emerge. Regency fanfare Bridgerton has propelled the subculture into popularity. According to an article in the New York Times fashion column discussing how Bridgerton is putting a spotlight on the vibrant world of historical dress, one of the interviewees, Philippa Trozelli, said, you can't really understand history until you've worn it. You get a whole different understanding. Clothing is part of culture and, and social life. So in order for you to understand kind of um when you look at clothing you get stuff like um cool culture, what do they like? Um even social class, mm-hmm. who could wear what, 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 what was allowed, you know. Um there's something that I'm missing. Um there's this there was this law that um a certain queen put in place where only she could wear certain items only she could wear certain materials and certain yeah. um stuff i don't i can't remember which queen it was and what, I was think it, it was queen charlotte it might have been you know but yeah like you literally while looking at clothing you literally get so much of an insight onto it would be historians haven't looked at clothing enough mm-hmm. um an insight into literally what culture and society was like who was allowed to wear what um how restrictive some dressings were um, at the time. At the moment, the trend has taken off on has taken off on TikTok, with cosplay and fashion history becoming a growing trend on the platform. There's even a Bridgerton musical on Instagram as well. We have celebrities getting on board promoting H and M's latest collaboration with Simone Rocha, which actually came out on Thursday, the 11th of March. And the campaign basically kind of has not necessarily Bridgerton-inspired pieces, but definitely Regency-inspired pieces from pearls and, like, tiaras and just soft fabrics and lace. Would you ever buy Regency-inspired pieces from the H&M Simone Rocha collection? Yeah, no, 100%, I think I would, actually. Do you know what? If I could get a really good tailor, I would. I'll explain what I mean. Because I love long coats, love trench coats. However, for example, like, the shirts and stuff where the collars are coming up a bit, not really buying that neck scarfs and all that. Not a hundred percent sure if it's for me. <laughs> not sure if it's for me. Um, waistcoats. I love the patterned waistcoats though. The waistcoats I might, I might have to dip into. Um, mm. High boots. Those can go away. Um, I don't know why the man amount see me walk down Shoreditch High Street in in boots. That's not happening. No. Um, but. I think I think I would. I think I would. My, I'll take elements in, take elements out, off. So yeah, mm. I think I would. Bridgerton now has merchandise with Phenomenal. Phenomenal is a female-powered lifestyle brand bringing awareness to causes and culture. And it's 100% black and brown owned and women-led. I think one of the owners of the brand, if I'm not mistaken, is 
Mina Harris, Kamala Harris's niece. They have a series of like hoodies, yeah. jumpers that have quotes in them. It's nothing like extra. It's like, I burn for you, dear reader. I wish to be entertained. If there's a scandal, I shall uncover it. The whole thing reminds me of Spark Notes. Would you rather buy merchandise like this Bridgerton X phenomenal collection or would you rather go into shops like H&M yeah. and end up looking like, I don't know, like a high street Harry Styles? Okay, personally for me, mm-hmm. from, um, I don't want to say this from like a, as a Marvel fan, mm-hmm. probably the merchandise okay. just for me as a Marvel fan. So mm-hmm. like having that kind of merchandise, memorabilia, that kind of stuff. Um, having Marvel hoodies that like I'd rather that than the DIY in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's just me personally as a Marvel fan. You know what? My head is rattling because I'm going to have to disagree with you for the first time on this episode. I can't bring myself to spend money on a t-shirt that has someone's name on it or a quote or a lyric from a song or anything like that that costs like a ridiculous amount of money when I can just like DIY my whole outfit and you know it will still give me the same energy from the film or from from the song or whatever I'm looking for and I'm also a Marvel fan and I just wouldn't spend money on a hoodie that says on your left or whatever like Falcon says to Captain America yeah do you know what like you have to cash in on the euphoria while you can Mm. I'm saying so like I don't know, like right now, is it if there's one division team? Okay, would I really buy it? Uh, uh, one cute one division car, cartoonist or something? I might, I might, I might buy it. Like mm. at least a post or something. But um, in a year's time, I'm going to be looking at that poster like it's taking out space. So like, I feel like a routine right now is, is you. You literally have to cash in on the euphoria. Like mm-hmm. while before the next season comes in this. Even by next month, like, even now the, the talk is dying down a little bit. They'll probably do one mad announcement or, like, sneak peek or something um, that our Britain's coming back for season two. Mm-hmm. Then, like, so you literally have to cash in on the waves of excitement. Before we go, I've got to ask you a question that's been in the back of my brain since we started talking about this show and everything. And I just want to know, like, the good people out there, do you burn for Bridgerton? <laughs> the way that the Duke of Hastings burns for Daphne. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I'm joking. No, I, I genuinely, do you know what? I thought I was going to be dead because I'm even Regency Gossip. It took me like a week to even watch it after everyone did. Like, mm. I've Regency Gossip Girl. I've seen, I think it, I'm not really even in, in love with that Regency era a lot, like, like that. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, oh. but do you know what? Definitely loved it. <laughs> Thank you so much for like coming on. It's been really great to talk to you about all things Bridgerton. No, thanks for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. Where can the people find you? You can find me... I think this is something dumb, but let me know. Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, Abocadebra, um, Twitter, Abocadebra, same thing, everywhere. Um, yeah. Make sure you follow him because he does a lot, a lot of spoken word. What's that quote from Bridgerton about a poet and living life? Heaven forbid... Um, I let you start life with a poet. Or, like, <laughs> it's some dumb. It's honestly, it's it's some dumb quote. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, 
thank you so much for listening make sure you follow us on instagram and twitter at real fashion pod tag us using hashtag real fashion pod or hashtag real fashion and if you have a movie or a tv show that you're dying actually no scrap that that you're burning for us to talk about then make sure you email us over at real fashion pod at gmail.com and yeah see you next week bye